Welcome to Media Business on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Tony Conley. Thanks so much for joining us. We've got an outstanding guest today, someone who I've known for years but haven't talked to in a while. So it'll be good to get caught up with Jacqueline Trope. She is a automotive journalist who has been covering the industry for many years. Jacqueline, how are you? Good. It's good to be back with you. Thank you for having me. Well, thanks for being on. Before we kind of get into it, talk a little bit about your background and, you know, how you started out in this business. Gosh, well, it's been 15 years in this business, which is really hard to imagine, but I will actually be turning 40 next week. So it's (laughs) reflecting a lot about what it means to be in this business for 15 years. I got my start in the automotive industry at the Detroit News 15 years ago, and I have been following it ever since as a journalist for different kinds of media and publications. What's the biggest thing you have observed, learned, experienced during those 15 years? Well, it's hard to pinpoint because things have changed at such a quick cadence over the past 15 years. But I think that The trend in recent years is how quickly we're shifting to battery power from gasoline engines. Mm -hmm. 15 years ago, I don't even think that was really on the radar for many people in the industry. And it's just astounding to realize now here we are on the cusp of this enormous innovation that's about to change every aspect of society. It's really mind-blowing. So folks, if you go to JacquelineTrope.com, you will see the cover page, Jacqueline Trope, jet-setting journalists covering cars, business, and travel. So you start out Detroit News. Talk about where your journey has led you now. Well, from the Detroit News, I went to the Detroit Bureau of the New York Times, which was great because I got to cover the entire global automotive industry from Detroit. That was a lot of fun. And then I became freelance, went out to LA, learned the industry out there, and started writing for a bunch of different magazines. Pretty much any magazine on a newsstand I've written for at least one time. (laughs) So I like variety and I like being able to drive different cars and go different places and not really do the same thing two days in a row. Jacqueline, you've kind of taken a pretty cool way to present the, the automotive industry to folks. And that's adding a little glamour, not only to the places where you go, but you know how you're presenting yourself. And it kind of takes us back a little bit to the day, man, Driving should be fun and cool, and we should really look forward to it. Yeah, I mean, especially now there's such debate over whether vehicles are becoming commoditized, if they're all just going to become autonomous one day, and how do they distinguish one brand from the next? But it's such an interesting time because there are so many supercars that are going electric now. So there's a real emphasis on keeping the fun-to-drive quality in an electric Lamborghini, in an electric Bugatti, in an electric Ferrari. And it's really interesting to see there's such a commitment on behalf of the companies to do that. And it'll be really interesting to see how it shakes out. I've driven a few of those electric cars and so far so good, but we will see. Jacqueline, I am growing up in Michigan in Mount Clemens, Michigan, I've always been a little apprehensive about the battery powered vehicles, just didn't know enough about them. 
And I started on my journey toward appreciating electric things more. Very simply, I started out with an electric weed whacker, and then I went to an electric chainsaw. And that kind of changed everything for me because the performance was there, the power was there. I had neighbors coming over and wanting to see it. So when I went to the auto show two years ago, I really started diving into those and learning more about them. And we hear so much negative about electric vehicles. We don't have the grid for that. They don't have enough power to get us from point A to point B if it's long distance and so on and so forth. But it appears that we're starting to get past those barriers. Yeah, it's a very interesting time because the cars are here, but the infrastructure is not necessarily here. I have a charger at home, so I test drive a lot of electric cars, but I don't really have to worry about where to charge them up on the road. But I think that for the average consumer, based on how far they're driving and where they're going and where in the country they live, it may be a little too soon for them to start thinking about buying electric. And out in California, where you are, I believe as of 2035, they want to do away with new car sales of gas engine vehicles. What's been the response to that out there? Well, it's so tough to imagine, right? I mean, it's 2023 now and that is not that far away. But I think that people are not surprised. Everyone, at least that I'm familiar with out here, seems to understand that the transition is taking place. And I don't think that there's a lot of opposition at the consumer level to the idea that something has to change in terms of protecting the climate out here. We're talking with Jacqueline Trope, who is the jet-setting journalist who covers the automotive business. We're going to talk a little bit more about some of the cars she's driving. When we come back, Jacqueline, I want to talk a little bit more about vehicles and when you think we might be ready to really make that transition because the price, when is the price going to be at a place where more people can afford it? We'll do that next on Media Business on the Michigan Business Network. for a home equity line of credit? Ask for LaughQ. Stop in today or go to laughq.com slash home equity. LaughQ, your credit union for life. Welcome back to Media Business. I'm Tony Connolly. This is the Michigan Business Network. We're talking with Jacqueline Trope who is an automotive journalist who covers every car you can imagine. Jacqueline, when do you think the price for electric vehicles is going to be in a place where it's more mainstream, where more people can afford them? I think it might be relatively soon. We've seen really high prices lately because of supply chain disruptions. And then there was a shortage of a lot of the critical minerals that are needed to make lithium ion batteries. And prior to that, they were more expensive because the technology was newer and just the sheer economics of sales volume dictated that prices were at a certain level. But I think that those forces are moderating and that as more EVs come online this year and next year, 
the price is going to come down much farther and be as accessible to the average consumer as whatever gas model they might be considering buying. Jacqueline, is the price of these vehicles the same around the world? The places where you travel, do you see more vehicles being driven overseas because they're more cost effective or do they face the same challenges we do here in the States? Well, it depends. I think that for the most part, the challenges are pretty much universal. I think that other markets, cars in general, can be a lot more expensive, like certain parts of Europe or China, depending on regulations and taxes and those kinds of add-ons to the price. But I think for the whole globally, EV prices are going to come down for everyone in all of the markets at some point. Jacqueline, what part of the country here in the United States do you think is just more accepting of this and is really more eager to start driving EV? I would say in California, definitely, it's a state of early adopters. So I think they are ready. There have been charging stations at the malls here for at least the last 10 years, for as long as I've been tracking them. And now that I'm back here just for the week, there's more charging stations than I've ever seen here before. Where I live in Florida right now, there are so many Teslas, there are so many people driving electric vehicles, but there are not a lot of charging stations. There's different pockets of the country that I think are readier than others, but it's really all relative in terms of whether they have the equipment to get it done. How about globally, Jacqueline? What area of the world is more into EVs? Where do you see more of them? Well, I think we're seeing a lot of different kinds of trends. Like in India, for instance, cars are smaller, cheaper, they're built a little differently. And that gives a big opportunity for a lot of different companies to experiment with smaller format, less expensive EVs. And then, you know, EVs are massive in China because a lot of them are built there. A lot of them are made there. And then there's a lot of regulations promoting electric power. So different markets are really taking different stances, which is just a very interesting thing because I'm sure in the end, we all get to the same place. Jacqueline, is there one automotive company that seems to have the upper hand in producing EVs that have performance that we're looking for and that maybe have the longer lasting battery life? Well, I would say that maybe in the past couple of years, there was a few standouts, but right now, Everyone seems to have caught up. Just this year alone, you know, just in the past 20 days, I've driven electric cars from Mercedes, from Hyundai, from Lucid, and I've been really impressed with all of them. There are a range of price points, but they all seem reliable and they all drive smoothly and they're all, you know, really viable options to driving gas engine car. So Jacqueline, battery life it seems to be the biggest challenge from what you can see. Where is the technology at and how soon will we be at a point where we'll be able to produce batteries that will allow us to drive from the East Coast to the West Coast and long distances like that? <laughs> well, they're becoming longer distance. I mean, lithium ion is the most popular chemistry right now, but a lot of companies are experimenting with lithium phosphates, chemical formats for batteries, which can travel even longer distances and cost less to make in certain cases. A lot of companies are just trying to increase the density of their battery packs so that they can travel farther on the same charge. Solid state battery technology is really getting underway. Also fuel cell, hydrogen fuel cell, electric vehicles. It's a really interesting time in automotive history right now because there's so many ways to go and the next few years will dictate which direction the industry takes. 
We're talking with automotive journalist Jacqueline Trope. Jacqueline, when we get back, we'll have some fun and talk about the best cars that you've driven over the last years. We'll do that next. I'm Tony Connolly. This is Media Business on the Michigan Business Network. Looking for high-quality office furniture on a budget? Stop by the office outlet at 516 North Larch in downtown Lansing for huge savings. We've got new and used office furniture from brand-name manufacturers, all at discounted prices. Browse through 5,000 square feet and save on seating, desks, files, storage, and more. Open Monday through Friday, 8 to 5. The office furniture outlet is your destination for office furniture on a budget. Visit us online at officeoutletyes.com. This is Media Business on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Tony Connolly talking with Jacqueline Trope. Jacqueline, I recently had Jeff Gilbert on the program, and we were talking about the industry and some of his favorite and least favorite vehicles he's driven. Over the last year, what's the best, the coolest car you've driven? Ooh, that one is actually a pretty easy because I got to drive the Rimac Nevera. It's the $2 million battery electric supercar from the Croatian company Rimac. And those are pretty rare. They're not making a lot of them, but one came to Florida and I had the opportunity to drive it around Palm Beach. And it was pretty special. You don't get to drive a $2 million car every day. What was special about it? It was definitely very eye-catching. It was an event. You know, you really should only drive that car if you want to be seen and start Capting the attention of strangers and getting into conversations. So it's it's a social event. The design is very eye-catching and it just goes incredibly fast. What other vehicles did you really like driving? Well, I drove McLaren's first ever hybrid supercar last month, the McLaren Artura around Vegas. And that one was just so much fun. I don't think that they really lost anything by switching over from gas to hybrid. What's the best American-made vehicle you've driven? I had a spate of driving all of the pickups last fall, pickup after pickup after pickup. And I think the one that really stood out to me for many reasons was the battery electric GMC Hummer pickup truck. That one, I don't know if you've seen it rolling down any street, but it is, talk about an event. That one will stop the whole town (laughs) have everyone start looking. What was interesting about the drive of that vehicle? Well, it is enormous. You think that a normal pickup has a high ride height. This one, you can't even see other pickups from the driver's seat. There is a Ford Explorer next to me that completely vanished from view because I was just up so high. And I've never had that experience with any other car. It's like you own the entire road. And it's also very hard to park. It doesn't fit into a lot of parking spaces, I found. Over your 15 years, what's the worst car you ever drove? Oh my gosh. There have been a handful of cars I've driven that just didn't work, you know, would shut off in the middle of making left-hand turn with traffic flying straight toward you. So I have seen a fair number of mechanical or electric problems in cars that probably would not have been ready to be on the road at that point. So Jacqueline, you put your sunglasses on and you get your music right. You get into a vehicle, you're going to write about it. 
What are you looking for as you get into the car? Take us from as you're approaching and getting in the car until you get back out after your drive. Well, I think all our viewers notice different things. Maybe we're all looking for the same set of criteria, but just based on your experience, you're going to notice different things. So for me, I notice, you know, whether I can even get in or out of the car because <laughs> I'm of average height and some cars are too high to get into. A lot of sports cars are so low that it's also difficult to get into. So getting into the car, I think, is the first thing I look for. <laughs> and then, of course, how comfortable it is, how it feels to drive. And I think ultimately it's about how it makes you feel. How do you feel when driving the car? It can be very nuanced or it can be very obvious. Jacqueline, I always ask this, especially of journalists, what can we in the media do to improve the way we cover the automotive business? What do we do poorly? What do we need to get better at? Well, I think it depends on geography and the market, of course. But I think that it requires an open-mindedness to realize that things can't be done or covered in the same way that they always have been because they're not the same, especially right now. And there's lots of new players, older players are pivoting, there's new ideas. It's kind of rewriting the entire playbook. So I think it's just important to keep an open mind with each story that you approach and don't think that you've already been there, done that, and can just do it the same way as before. Jacqueline, I think you and Jeff Gilbert have a different mindset than most automotive reporters I've listened to or read lately. And that's the fact that, look, EVs are here. They're getting better. Be more accepting of them. Have an open mind. Would you agree with that? Well, yeah, I think that in a place like Michigan, for instance, that where so much of the industry depends on the legacy of having developed the industry, there can be resistance to change. And I understand that completely, but it's just not tenable to be that resistant because you're just going to be left behind at the end. And Jacqueline, before I let you go, I found you at the Life Automotive, actually volume 50. And as I was reading through those articles as well, wow, this is really cool. This is really giving me some news where I don't find mainstream. Tell us a little bit more about the Life Automotive. Oh, thank you. It is the newsletter I've been putting out for the past many, many years. It is the 50th volume now, which is, I had no idea I was going to keep going when I first started. I didn't know it last this long, but I like to just communicate a mix of all of the trends in transportation, not just cars, but yachts, aviation, anything that moves. And I like to put together a mix of things that people would not generally find in one place. All right. We've been talking with Jacqueline Trofe, who's the great automotive journalist covering cars, business, and travel. You can go to JacquelineTrofe.com. You can follow her on Twitter. Make sure you subscribe to the Life Automotive. Great reads. Jacqueline, appreciate you so much. Look forward to talking with you down the line. Thank you so much for having me. This has been Media Business. I'm Tony Connolly, and this is the Michigan Business Network.